a lot of business owners basically drop their life savings back into a place to try to save it. And, you know, they're not out of the water yet. The best thing you can do if you're trying to support a, definitely a restaurant is to call them directly and order through them directly instead of an outside uh, website or delivery service because all of your support goes to them instead of a percentage. And that's, you know, that's important. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and to each other. I'm Amivora. On March 12, 2020, New York began requiring restaurants to reduce capacity. Less than a week later, Governor Andrew Cuomo shut indoor dining. And by the end of the month, restaurants and street vendors alike began to shut their doors entirely. Today, Epicenter NYC writer Danielle Himes talks to Sean Berthume, a co-owner of Vinny's Pizzeria in Williamsburg. You may know Vinny's even if you've never grabbed a slice. It's the pizza joint with the viral trash can that has Tom Hanks on it. That quirky sense of humor has led to a number of eccentric toppings and wacky ideas, like a pizza box pizza where the pizza box is itself another pizza. While creativity has always been a part of their DNA, the pandemic pushed Sean and his co-owners in new directions to keep their business alive. Before we start, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Breathless to voice what gasoline is to a car. You know, if you have no gas in your car, your car goes nowhere. The same thing holds true for The Voice. That's Denise Woods, author and esteemed voice and dialect coach. She's featured in McKinsey & Company's newsletter, The Sortlist. The Sortlist is a weekly curated sampling of McKinsey's need-to-know stories about work, the economy, and culture. If you don't breathe, you have no voice. For more of our best ideas, quick and curated, check out the shortlist at mckinsey.com forward slash shortlist. That's mckinsey.com forward slash shortlist. And thanks. Now, back to the show. Here's Danielle and Sean. If you want to start by telling me a little bit about the history of Vinny's and how you guys came to own it. Uh, sure. So me and Jacob worked at a pizzeria In college, kind of like a fast-paced, pizza-by-the-slice, open-after-the-bars type place. And we moved to New York City just to kind of have a change. And we decided to try to open up our own place. So we found this place that's been around since 1960 called Vinny's. It was run down and not doing anything exciting, and the owners had kind of given up. So we took it over and infused our own ideas into what we wanted to do, but kept some old-school New York-type stuff that they had, and that's how we got started. Mm -hmm. And that was um, in 2006. And you guys are known for some pretty wild toppings, right? Uh, Yeah, we have over 50 kinds of pizza, Uh, have a huge variety of vegan pizza. One of the main things that we wanted to do was, you know, the pizzeria that we came from only had one vegan slice, and it was just like a no-cheese veggie slice. And we noticed that a lot of our friends who are vegan and, and a lot of people were looking for vegan stuff. So 
now everybody has some sort of vegan option of some sort but like 15 years ago we started to have like 15 to 20 different vegan options so we have a lot of that we have gluten-free and we have kind of out there slices like black bean avocado and macaroni and bacon and chicken quesadilla and uh, all sorts of different kind of out there slices what's your favorite slice that you have there Uh, My favorite slice is the cowboy slice. It's like ground beef, bacon, roast red pepper, jalapeno, cheddar, and ranch. Mm -hmm. And when you want a slice, but you want it from somewhere else, where is your go-to place? Nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Honestly, because I'm, you know, around pizza a lot and have worked in pizza for a long time, when I go anywhere else, like I love to try other people's pizza and I always try their cheese slice wherever we are you know just to see how they do it you know you can tell a lot about a place just how their cheese slice is okay so how about best cheese slice in the city excluding Vinny's I think that every pizzeria owner in the city knows that the far is is always will always be the best okay fair enough yeah and you're also really known for your quirky specials boards are you, I don't know, you have like an art background? Where do you come up with the inspiration for those? I, yeah, I have a art background. I make comics and like the three things I like to do is, is make pizza, draw and make bad puns. So it all kind of came, uh, you know, into this perfect storm of making the, a special board each day. So it's like your uh, dream job. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And can you walk me through the pandemic, like the early parts, the middle part, how you guys made it, what you were thinking? I think just like everybody else, we took it day by day. And so we really lucked out where as in we were able to just sell pizza out the window, whereas a lot of other restaurants didn't have that or a lot of pizzerias didn't have that. You know, you had to go in one by one or stay apart. And it was tough in the beginning you know a lot of people didn't want to work so it was hard to staff and people didn't know if they felt safe so i think the hardest thing for me and jake my business partner was like we were actually both working three times as much just trying to keep the place afloat and staff so yeah that i think was the toughest part right was there ever a point where you were like this is it we're gonna have to close Vinny's? Uh, we never got to that point. We never were like, this is it. But we were certainly fearful. Everybody was moving out of the city. No one was visiting. It all became delivery. And the problem, I guess, with that that we ran into was that all these delivery services take a large chunk of percentages out. And it's great to have them. And it's easy for people to order. But when people aren't just coming into the store and ordering, these online delivery services are taking a big chunk of sorely needed money. But we never really were like, okay, this might be it. But it was definitely on the horizon. Is this, if this continues this way, is this even worth it? You know? Mm-hmm. And speaking of like your loyal followers, um, Jacob mentioned that one thing that really helped you guys was the, Um, initiative to donate a pizza to essential workers and then you match that pizza that was a huge thing for us and for the first six months of the pandemic we were just every day 
me or Jacob taking a huge order of pizzas to different essential workers around the city and posting about it. People really helped out. People that didn't even live in the city that just knew that New York was going through it, you know, would call and donate. So that was a that was a huge thing for us to keep us afloat. And we got to see all sorts of different hospitals, firemen, police stations, doctors, schools. Yeah, it yeah. sounds really special to be able to like make people happy during such a stressful time. Yes, it was, it was great. And it was good to be able to help them out, these people that were helping us out in a, in a time when we needed it. Right. And then there was that other thing you guys did. You could pay your delivery driver a dollar to look (laughs) you in your eyes and say something nice. What was that? I was fiddling with our online menu, taking some things off, putting some stuff on. And it occurred to me, like, you know, you can put whatever you want on here. And I think pre-election, something was going on with Trump, and I feel like everybody was just like, everybody was gloom and doom, and it was like, we're the leaders in this. Everybody needed an adult or something to tell them, hey, it's going to be okay. And I thought maybe we could kind of add this to our menu. This was during a time where delivery people were sometimes the only people other people saw in real life, if that at all. So I kind of got the idea and I talked to all my delivery guys and they said, yeah, that, I'm totally fine with that. And the dollar went straight to the delivery guy and it was just like an added bonus tip. And it made people send pizzas to their friends, you know, that might have been having a hard time. And having the pizza guy say this to them, I think, was like a little treat. And what are things looking like now for Vinny's? I wouldn't say normal, but people are out. People seem to be vaccinated or saying they're vaccinated. We're doing all right. It's getting busy at night, busy on the weekends, and people seem to be returning to the city. You know, it seems like we're getting back to some semblance of of normalcy. And knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently in the past year? There was such a, what do we do with this outdoor seating, where they were just making it up, it seemed, as they went along. And we were complying, and then they would change the rules, and then we would have to comply, and then they would change the rules or add something, and we'd have to comply. And that's a lot of money to build something, and then they would change the rules, and you would have to build something else, and they'd change the rules, and you have to build something else. So during a time when everybody's kind of strapped for cash, it was tough to like build something and then say, this isn't legal, and we're going to ticket you if, if this isn't right. And there was a lot of wasted money and time spent to get there, I guess. Yeah, that sounds frustrating. Is there anything you want people to know about what it was like to own a pizzeria, a restaurant that I haven't asked you? You know, to support your local businesses because they really, really need it. They might, looks like they're fully operational and doing fine now, but a lot of business owners basically drop their life savings back into a place to try to save it and you know they're not out of the water yet the best thing you can do if you're trying to support a definitely a restaurant is to call them directly and order through them directly instead of an outside uh, website or delivery service because all of your support goes to them instead of a percentage and that's you know that's important we're still here and we still need support i guess absolutely 
And what is your favorite thing about living in New York City? The first thing I can think of is it's just based on whenever I leave New York City that everything closes at 9 p.m. I love that in New York City at any time of night or day you can pretty much get whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And do you have a favorite New York City sound? Sound? That's a great question. I don't know. I kind of like the sound of the cabs printing out a receipt. Make sure to follow Vinny's Pizzeria on Instagram. Their handle is at Vinny's Brooklyn to keep up with all of Sean's creations. While some institutions and businesses like Vinny's were able to keep their doors open, not all were so lucky. Zani, who's originally from Ecuador, worked cleaning in a school in Manhattan. When remote learning began, she lost her job, so Zani decided to sell things on the street. And she wasn't alone. In the neighborhood of Corona in Queens, many with no papers or work permits turned to street vending, selling masks, food, clothes, all as a way to survive. Epicenter's Andrea Pineda Salgado talks to Zani about her experience. This has been a big change for me, but at least I know I can count on some money for food. To be honest, it has been very hard. I've seen people sleeping here, people without homes, without food, people standing in huge lines just to get a little food. It's shocking because in so many years of living here, I never imagined going through a situation like this. Like right now in this moment, sitting here, cold and just thinking about my job. I don't have another choice. There are too many places that are closed and we can't work like we want to. As restrictions continue to ease and people return to a more normal lifestyle, it's important to remember that small businesses in our community still need our help. Like Sean said, many put their life savings into their businesses just to stay afloat. To learn about local businesses, artists, creators, and more, Epicenter has you covered. Just check us out at epicenter-nyc.com. Also, don't forget to check out our new membership offerings. Our very basic level, which is $4.99 a month, gives you weekly access to virtual yoga starting in September. And the classes feature instructors like the co-founder of the Black Yoga Teachers Alliance. You can learn more about the different ways that you can become a member of the Epicenter community by visiting the link in our show notes. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be here again next week. Epicenter NYC is a part of the URL Media Network. This coverage of jobs and business in the pandemic economy is funded in part by a grant to URL Media from the Knight Lenfest Local Media Transformation Fund. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, and it's also linked to in our podcast description. See you next time. <laughs>